Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya. And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 75. Today we are talking about our highs and lows from Back to School 2020. We'll also share some ideas in a segment called No Better Do Better, share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So we're jumping right into our main theme today, which is some highs and lows. We've been back at school now in the 2020-2021 school year. Yes, and we should clarify what that means. That means we are in <laughs> in-person learning right now. We've had how many weeks of in-person learning? It's only been two. Two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> two weeks of in-person learning. Um, both Tanya and I are teaching at elementary schools that are 100% in-person. Now, there are some students who are also 100% remote, mm-hmm. which is another issue. But, but we are as... also teaching some of those kids yes, as well. we are. Um, yes. But not, like, synchronously as far as, like, we're not live streaming our classes. No. Um, I personally am not doing any synchronous classes. Tanya is doing a little bit of that, but not a ton. Um, synchronous, mean... synchronous classes live or live classes for your at-home learners. Starting next week, actually, I have a third grade remote class that I will be meeting with for 45 minutes every single morning. Wow. Yeah, I'm not doing anything like that just because my schedule doesn't allow it. So everything I'm doing for my remote kids is asynchronous. Yes. But I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but for this podcast, Tanya, we're really going to be talking about the in-person classes. We're going to be focusing on the in-person. We'll talk about remote stuff maybe in in a later episode. But now that we've been back for two weeks, we thought we would share some things that are going well, some high notes, some things... Maybe that didn't go so well, low notes, mm-hmm. and then where we're going to go next, what our yes. next steps are. Yes, because uh, we keep talking about this idea of like, oh, it's we, we had some time to plan. Our district did give us some extra days to plan, which is great, but you really don't know until you're in the room teaching on, you know, what needs to be reworked and what's going well and teaching with children actual children in the room yeah it's different totally it's different than planning to do it totally yep all right so should we start with some high notes high notes some things that have gone well yeah so you tell us something that's been going well carrie okay well i will preface this by saying so both tanya and i are travelers between two schools this year um, so within the last two weeks, I did one week at my home school, and then I've done one week at my second school. Um, and I did the same set of lesson plans between both schools. However, my school populations are quite different. So yeah. my home school is a Title I school, um, large Hispanic Latino population, and my new school is a suburban very white school very different vibe um and of course I don't know those kids at all so trying to get to know kids and learning names and and building relationships with masks on and not being able to play the typical singing games well that I'll save that for a low but what I (laughs) I will say for a high I've been pleasantly surprised once I kind of allowed myself to say yes we are going to do some singing 
Um, in our district, we have not been told we cannot sing. What we have done is we've allowed for some time in our day to make sure we have passing periods between classes that supposedly our HVAC systems are working well enough that the air exchange is at a rate that it's okay to do some singing. Now they have to have masks on, of mm-hmm. course, at all times. Um, but we are allowed to sing. And so I do have some singing um, activities, chants, singing games planned into my lesson. And what I've I've enjoyed a little bit of the challenge of coming up with modifications. And what I've been pleased about is how happy the kids still are to play some of these games, even mm-hmm. though in my mind I'm going, this is going to be the most lame thing ever. Mm. I think it's a combination of, you know, they just really love music and singing games, which mm-hmm. is awesome at both of my schools. I feel that from them. And they've missed it. I think they've missed community music making. And I also think it's such a nice break from when they're in their classroom and they're truly sitting in their desks all day, every day. You know, they come to our class and it's something different. So, for example, um, Tarzan the Monkey Man is a game we learned from Melissa Roth mm-hmm. when she came out Much to do a, um, a Kodai workshop a long time ago. And it's normally played as a, a hand pass the clap game. I don't know what you kind of call those kind of games, Tanya. Um, I call it a pass the clap game. I just they, say like a quaqua. Yeah. Where well, I'm just explaining it to the listeners. That's oh, what I'm right. trying to do. Yes. You know, where you sit in a circle and they put their hands out and they put their like right hand on top of their neighbor's left hand mm-hmm. and then they cross their hand over and they clap pass their the neighbor. beat. Pass the beat, exactly. Well, we can't do that anymore, obviously. So the way that I played this game with um, my older students as I just had them stand up on their dot, we sang the song. Should we sing it real quick so people know it? Sure. Okay, it goes Tarzan, the monkey man, swinging from a rubber band. Splish, splash, take a that the color is what? And then whoever gets the, typically the clap on what, chooses a color. Then we spell the color and we're clapping out the letters as we're spelling it. And then that last kid, who's the last letter of the color, is then out. Mm-hmm. Anyways, but the way we did it in this class is I was just taking my little pointer and I was just from up in the front of the classroom pointing at them and making eye contact and making eye contact and whoever it landed on at the end they got to pick the color we spelled the color and then when they were out they literally just sat down. And I was like, in my head, I was worried that this was not going to go well. But I was like, I've got to try because I feel so limited to the types of games we can play. And they loved it. They yeah. absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's so strange. Because yeah. um, I did a similar thing with Apple Tree. Because, yeah. you know, tis the season for Apple Tree. Yep, yep. Where I got my very large green F boomwhacker. Yeah. And I played an F. That was my F doe. And I, I actually walked around the room. Yeah. And I, like, just above the kid's head, like two inches above the kid's head, I would, you know, play above their heads as I was going around. So it was good exercise for me. And it was so strange because the very next day they were like, are we going to do that again? That was so much fun. They yeah. loved it. And they were, you know, doing that laughing, almost shrieking thing when someone got out. Nice. Which I'm used to when we're in a circle and yeah. we're trapping someone in an apple tree. Um, there's so many different ways to play ap- apple tree, but I was just surprised that, like, wow, we're all standing facing the same direction. Right. And we're still getting a kick yeah. out of the elimination game. Yeah, and I, I did apple tree similarly, too, the same idea. And, you know, the, the challenge, as always, with any singing game is to, you know, up the ante, so to speak, and to mix it up from class period to class period. So with apple tree, the first time we played it like that, and I was pointing to them, I have a little pointer with an apple on the end that I got from Target a year or two ago. 
then the first time they just literally sat down but the second time we played it they got to go and get the little apple shakers mm-hmm. i love my little apple shakers and they're plastic so cool. and i have enough for everybody so when they're out they got an apple shaker they sat on their dot and they just shook or tapped with a steady beat so it was something different and they yeah. were totally geeked out and then of course we watched them afterwards and with tarzan the next time we play it my plan is when they get out they get rhythm sticks and then they just tap a beat in some way so mm-hmm. you know it, it it has to be new and fresh for them each time we play it um but yeah i mean just in general i've been pleased that the way i've been able to modify singing games so far has been working i haven't had any huge flops yeah and i will share one more high um i've been um really excited to explore a new tool i've been using Jamboard in my class you know i i love google classroom for so many things but one thing that disappoints me is you know with with google docs or even google slides it's really hard for students to to draw you know to be able to respond through drawing this is something that seesaw does really well but if you're using google classroom with older kids it's hard so jamboard is a really great tool it's kind of like just like a big a bulletin board or a big poster board mm-hmm. that the kids can draw on. They can add sticky notes. They can add text boxes. They can add images that they find from Google. And it's a image Google ext- extension, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. it's so just it, like Google Docs or it works other really well with Google. It does. So what I did with um, my older students, I did a couple different Jamboards, but one of them was um, we were brainstorming um, our norms, our expectations. So this year I have three expectations in my room, and these are borrowed from, well, my homeschool. This is like our PBIS expectations, but I'm using the same one in my traveling school because I don't want to make myself crazy. Yeah. So it's the three M's, and it's manage yourself safely, uh, motivated to learn, and mindful of self and others. That's not the right order, but those are the three. Um, I didn't come up with it. Our PBIS team came up with it, but I'm using it at both schools. So anyways, I set up a Jamboard for them. I drew lines to separate three big columns on the paper. And then at the top, I used a sticky note with a heading for each of those things. And then I asked them on their own Jamboard to brainstorm ways that they're going to show that in music. And I told them they could draw, they could add more sticky notes, they could use the Google image search as long as they were using it appropriately. So the way that it works with a Google Classroom scenario is you create the Jamboard, and then when you go to create the assignment, you attach the Jamboard and you make a copy for each Mm, student. Just like you do with Google Docs. Just like you do for Docs or Slides. Mm. And so when they open their own, now they can draw on their own and turn it in. So it's just another response tool. And I'm pretty excited that I found it because I think it's going to work well in music in many ways. If we can, you know, put some templates and some things in there that they can add to or draw on top of, um, I think it's great. Was it as easily accessible for all your grade levels? I've only done it with uh, fourth and fifth grade. Oh, okay. Um, but I do think that it could go down younger than that. Um, I will probably definitely use it with third grade. But when it gets to, like, second, first grade land, I'm I'm more prone to use Seesaw just because I think it's a little bit more primary friendly. Mm-hmm. But my own daughter, who's in third grade, has been using Jamboards a ton in her class, and she loves it. All so, right. yeah. I think Did you do something collaboratively before you set them loose on their own Jamboard? Like, did you say, okay, here's a Jamboard. Um, like, did I show them all the things that they could do with Jamboard, you mean? Yeah, well, In yeah. a way. I mean, that was technically our second Jamboard assignment. They oh. had done a Jamboard previously. Um, this was kind of like an SEL getting-to-know-you activity that I had done with them 
where they got to draw a, a picture or make a representation of them as a musician. Mm. So for that one, I was really just letting them go nuts, and, and uh, it was very open to what they could do. And some of them drew, some of them found pictures, some of them put in pictures that had nothing to do with music, and it was like puppies and things. But whatever, <laughs> I was letting them explore the tool and kind of get that out of their system in a way. Um, yes, they had a prompt, but, you know, it was really just more about I wanted them to get to know the tool. Okay. So by the t- time we did the second Jamboard with the three M's, the, the PBIS thing, they kind of knew the gist of it. And so they, that's good. So you, yeah. so by the time you got to that, where they were really focused in on a prompt, they weren't giving you puppies. No, I, I mean, there's always going to be a couple kids who are a little off topic, but it got, it was better the okay. second time around. And, uh, cause I other... have not used Jamboard, but I'm thinking along these same lines because, um, I love that ability in Seesaw for kids to draw and yeah. do all these things. And I'm a little heartbroken because I have some younger grade levels that are in Google classroom yep. instead of Seesaw at, at the other school that I'm teaching at. So I'm just like. Exactly. I I need them to draw, and how do I get them to do that? And yeah, so it's just something different besides the same old thing. Besides Google Docs and Google Slides, which we've used both pretty regularly now, and Google Forms are kind of our three go tos. Yes, as far as response protocols, but um, Jamboard's just another fun way to do it. And you can have them collaborate. You know, if they had one big Jamboard that they all collaborated on, but I thought it was actually good for them to have their own and <laughs> kind of get used to some of those tools before I'm asking them to collaborate either as a group or as a whole group and your jam boards can have multiple pages so if you wanted to do some sort of a jam board where each kid had their own page um but they got to see everybody else's page it was Mm -hmm. a collaboration of some sort you could do it that way too but you know you run the risk of kids drawing on the wrong one purposefully or accidentally you never know you know so I thought well I don't especially at my new school I don't know these kids that well I want to set them up for success so let's just start with giving them their own and then we'll work on some collaborations yeah that's a good idea so yeah so I've been excited Jamboard's just been a fun new little tool that I've been enjoying very cool all right what about you Tanya what's been going well okay um there are some things that are that are going very well So this year, I've decided to really um, jump in and do some world music pedagogy. Um, It's when we read the world music pedagogy volume. Oh my goodness, was it volume two that we read? Yes, and that was the one that zoned in especially on elementary age kids, not primary, but like you know grades two through five, say. Yeah. Um, by Christopher Roberts and Amy Beagle. Uh, when we read that book, I was it was just really motivating and very exciting. However, there was the struggle about, oh my goodness, how do I do all the things? So yeah. I, if I want to keep true to a Kodai curriculum, if I want to make sure there's all of these things going on, how do I do that? Well, so this year I'm really trying to um, do more world music pedagogy, but not just a drive-by like, oh, yeah, by the way, here's a song from Mexico. Right. I'm trying to get a little more in-depth. And since we are singing less, I thought this would be a good opportunity to do more learning about and really getting deeper with that without feeling the guilt of, oh, my gosh, we should be making music more, 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 more. Now, in world music pedagogy, let's be. I want to be clear that 
one of the phases is that you do have kids that are performing in that style of whatever you've been listening to. Yeah. And that's something that I'm still a little tied in knots about. I'm not sure if I'm going to get to that part of the world music pedagogy that, I, that I'm that i trying to, to do. Uh, but these past two weeks, since I've seen kids um, – days in a row which is very different i've never had this kind of schedule right where i see the same group of kids for um really 10 days in a row yeah um i thought well i'm just gonna go with something um i'm gonna zone in on a country as, instead of like an artist or a specific genre or style i'm gonna go to a, a country and and we're gonna explore music from that country and i'm gonna try to get a little um modern or a little more modern with it. So um, I have a little bit of experience in some of the pop and rock music of Brazil. And so I thought that's where I'm going to go because I know enough music that I can bring that in and we can talk about it. And it's something that I'm passionate about. And so I can share this without it being a big like, oh, no, I've got to study all the music of Brazil because I know enough to get us started and enough to pique my interest that any kind of like additional research I do doesn't really feel like that because it's something I'm interested in. So with um, fourth and fifth grade, I've been doing this and I've been doing it actually across the board with with everybody. I'm just going much deeper with fourth and fifth grade. Uh, so we've been listening to some music that I'm really familiar with and we've been doing some play along things and we've been doing like history of things and I've just started with a lot of reflection like um, here's a piece of music as you walk in you're hearing this piece of music what do you notice what do you wonder um, what do you want to know more about what do you hear like any specifics and it's been going really, really well. One of my things that I always get nervous about any kind of music appreciation, when it when it tilts more towards music appreciation, I'm always wor- worried that it's going to be boring. Yeah. And I get antsy when I feel like there's not enough active music making. Right. 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 But sometimes active music making can be playing along with pre-recorded music. There's yeah. just nothing wrong with that. So I was able to um, take one song in particular and really um, take a drumming pattern from that song. Um, it's called Luva Deus by Milton Nascimento, in case you're interested in it. And it's just voices and drumming. Um, there's a live video of him performing it live. And it's a song that kids really, it's its a very simplistic rhythm that keeps, but it's challenging enough that, that it takes a while for the kids to, to know it. And I broke it down into, okay, level one is that we keep this beat. Level two is that we keep this beat and then we add this much of the rhythm. And then level three is that we add a little bit more. So I was able to use this piece and have us play along um, towards the end of our uh, two weeks together. And the kids were really excited about it. And it, and it was fun for me, like on day two or three of kids hearing the same songs that they would naturally like sing in, sing, sing along with the parts that they could. Yeah. And um, there's a quote that's, that uh, is actually a um, alteration of a famous quote. The famous quote is, uh, familiar, familiarity breeds contempt. Right. Right. And then the, the revised quote, which is from a modern writer, and I can't remember her name right now, is familiarity breeds content, which I think 
just speaks volumes because this is true you the first time you hear it you're like eh, i'm not sure i like this song yeah. and then you hear it again you're like oh okay well you know maybe it's not so annoying um not that i had any adverse reactions but what i'm saying is like after the kids heard this song like two three four times then they're like oh i love this this is my jam right right, right. so i was really trying to just get them a little bit soaked and steeped in music that was foreign to them they're singing in portuguese um there's some different instruments but the music that we were using it's not so far out there that i had any adverse like oh my gosh i've never heard this i don't like it i'm shutting down right so this has been a really good um ramp on to our world music listening so my thought is that as i see these kids Every two weeks, we're going to be visiting a different country. Yeah. We're not going to get really deep, right? Um, but we are going to get deeper than, um, you know, what I might have done in the past. Yeah. With, yeah. No, so I think that's great. that's been going well, and I'm, I'm developing this as I go along. Um, my next, well, I won't talk about my next steps because we're going to do that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, another high that I've done, that I've experienced, is I'm trying to weave in more um, social emotional learning mm-hmm. things and some of these have been through picture books so I started a list of picture books that I wanted to incorporate and I have uh, used three picture books in particular with uh, kindergarten through third grade that I have been using in my class as a jumping off point to talk about like how do you think grumpy monkey felt you know and have just short conversations yeah about um, regulation regulating our emotions yeah so I mentioned jump grumpy monkey specifically because it's a story about how it's okay to feel grumpy right basically right um so that's gone really well and instead of the old-fashioned I'm gonna sit and turn the pages kids and you all gather around and I'm gonna read this book or sing yeah. this book which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. That's not so much a COVID time nope. thing that we can do. So sad. Which is sad. However, um, I've started filming books. Um, I've started getting, I've, I'm spending too much money. Let's just be honest about that part. <laughs> I've spent some money on getting the Kindle version of books. Yeah. And you can read them through a cloud kindle reader like on the laptop or on a computer but also on an ipad so i've been recording myself reading the book yeah and, and then you can use it with your remote kids too so and then it does exactly so that's yeah. exactly what i'm going to be plugging in for some of my remote lessons coming up for these next two weeks so yeah the the high is using those specific books but also like recording them and having them ready to go and I have a not-so-formal YouTube channel that, when I say not-so-formal, it's not like, this is not a regular, hi, welcome back to my t- channel, I'm Tanya, and here's all the things. I'm not doing that. Yes. I don't have time for that. Um, I, I, I think it's awesome that people are doing that, mm-hmm. and, and I applaud them. But I have a, pretty much, it's like a dumping ground for anything that I make that I use with kids. Yeah. Um, at my second school, I recently have found out through my husband, who was there last week and the week before, that they've blocked Loom. What? I know. Oh, no. I know. I don't know exactly why. District-wide? No, no, no. At this school. I was going to say, because I've already no, sent no, out no, some no. Loom things, and no. I haven't heard anything. It's no. <gasps> At 
at my whole world. I know. I know. Okay. So this is why I'm putting more things on YouTube. Yeah. Because even if I make it on Loom, I can, I mean, maybe there's a better way, but I download it and then I upload it to YouTube. Oh, what a pain. I'm sorry. Okay. So yeah. So when Craig told me that, I was like, are you kidding me why? like everything's on me. i don't understand i don't know the details about why <laughs> i need to understand okay it i rather than go down that road okay. and, and fight and scream i'm yeah. just putting more things on youtube okay so anyway which kids love which kids do you have love? subscribers yet well i do i don't <laughs> because i i also have a youtube channel and i honestly use it more for organizing videos that I show the kids into right. playlists. And I need to do that um, better, and, and I And then they haven't. can go back and look at things on their own. Um, and the funny thing is, is I've had some kids who told me, I subscribe to your YouTube channel. This I know. I'm like, oh, I'm so cool now. Now, Thanks. here's the thing. I don't really have subscribers, but, uh, well, I do. I think I have, like, 50 subscribers. Oh, wait, see, that's more than me. I think I have, like, 10. Okay. But, uh, but it's not excited. kids. It's because... Oh, you've had some adults. I've done some things... Um, I've done a few workshops. Yes, yes, yes. And then I show videos from my channel. Like, and then people find my channel. Yeah. And then they subscribe to my channel. Got so, it. anyway, I'm not saying go look and just subscribe to my channel. But if you want a video of me reading Grumpy Monkey, it's on my YouTube channel. It's really cute. You just, she just showed it to me. So and I incorporated cute. some Brazilian music at the beginning, so I was very excited about that. Um so, yeah, and let's see, what else? Strictly No Elephants is another one that I've made a video of that's on my YouTube um, channel. And a book called uh, My Heart Fills With Happiness, Aww. which I connected to a draw what fills your heart with happiness thing. On Seesaw. On Seesaw. Yeah. And I turned that one into a song. Jamboard. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> I am going to use Jamboard. Yeah. I just wish they could record themselves singing. That is the problem. There's not a yes. recording thing right there on Jamboard that I have found. So, yeah, so the SEL books have been good. The Brazil ex- exploration has been good so awesome. far. Awesome. Okay. Well, shall we transition into some of those? Yeah. What are some of the struggles, I mean, besides the obvious ones? I mean, we could talk about obvious ones, too, but what maybe some of the unexpected struggles. You want to go first on this one, Tanya? Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do I have to talk about all the things? Well, no, just okay. maybe big one or two. A big one or two, and you know, um, forgive me for repeating myself. Uh, we we recently recorded uh, with Aileen Miracle yes, and Katie, Katie Minucci for the Music Room podcast. Right. So I think I might repeat myself a tiny bit here. Well, and I don't think that episode has dropped yet. So no, we it might is actually not. beat them. So <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. But please listen to that because. Well, yeah. It was a great conversation. It was a great conversation, and I'm trying hard not to say all the same things, but I am going to mention one big old low for me. Um, I am having trouble hearing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm having trouble hearing as it is because I think I either have earwax buildup, I'm sorry to be gross, or I actually have some hearing loss going on. Okay. So that's a struggle. Yeah. When there's, if someone's talking if or if there's a conversation going on and someone five or six or eight feet away starts talking to me in a very small muffled voice, it's over for me. I, yeah. It's not, I'm not listening. I'm not, not that I'm not listening, but even if I focus on that person talking, I cannot hear them. And it's so much worse because of the masks. I mean, exactly. You, have you been noticing this was an issue even prior to mask wearing? 
I have, but mostly when I'm like in the lunchroom or when yeah. I'm like at it out at recess. When there's lots of when there's ambient noise, noise and someone yeah. is talking to me, I have trouble hearing them. And then sometimes looking like at them helps. Yeah. Now, when you put a mask on that person can't see that. and they're muffled and you can't see who's talking. <laughs> Not to mention, and this is a big this is strictly from COVID times, when kids are sitting still and wearing masks and one of them starts talking, you have no idea where that's coming from. Right. Right? I totally lied to my kids at the beginning of the year, and I said, you might think that I can't tell who's talking, but I totally can. <laughs> and they all looked at me a little bit afraid, especially in my new school that doesn't Oh, my gosh. Yet. I would never say that because I'd be lying. Well, I kind of was, but I felt like I had to, like, strike some fear into them because, yeah, I have I have some chatty um, fifth graders, especially. Surprise, surprise. No! I know. How at could my it new be? school. And and yeah, I was having that issue too, where I just had kids who were just constantly, I mean, even to themselves, like they're the types of kids that just have to comment on everything you say, you know, mm-hmm. there always has to be a little remark or a little snicker or a little joke or a little Carrie, something. Carrie, they're just testing you. Oh, I know. I'm fully aware. <laughs> this is why we did the jam board about our expectations in music class, because I, yes. I was over it. But anyways, I, sorry, I, I interrupted you. No, no, I it's agree. all good. I, I just lied to them and I said, because I can tell that you're mouth is moving and I can see your mask moving up and down I mean you can a little bit if you're really observant but you're right it depends on the mask it depends on the mask and it depends on the kid because especially some of the the younger ones kindergarten first grade they're a little shy at the beginning of the year so they're mumbling yeah so mumbling plus mask Plus ambient noise, plus old ears, me. I'm just like, uh, I don't know what's happening. Um, so that's been a huge low that I'm I'm a little bit like, oh, my gosh. Are I, you going to go get it checked out? I am. I am yeah. going to get my hearing checked. Well, let us know when you find out. Oh, yeah. Wahoo. Um, yeah, so was that just the one low? I, I would think, that, you know, that, that low is so big for me right now because I can't – the, okay, social distancing. We, yeah. I could go there as well. Um, hey, administrators or parents or families who are listening, guess what's not happening much at schools? Okay, <laughs> I can only speak for the schools that I've been at. I think it's pretty common everywhere. Social distancing is it's just not happening. is kind of impossible. It, it's so. I mean. Even in the hallway, so what I'm doing is, like, as they leave my room, because I used to have them, like, line up in my classroom and wait for their teacher. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like I can't do that very well in my room without ending yes, up making a circle. Them. Yeah. And then they're in a circle, which we're not supposed to be. So I thought, okay, they'll get their square of hand sanitizer, and I'll line them up in the hallway, and that will just be the new routine. Well, we don't fit in the hallway. They have to go around the corner, mm-hmm. and then I can't see them anymore. Mm-hmm. Are you having this issue, too? Well, see... This past week, Craig, the art teacher, was at the other school, so I have half the... We, we put Velcro dots yeah. in the hallway to space kids. Yeah. Right. So I have half of the class go to the Velcro dots that are on the official art wall. Yeah. So that's cool and everything, but then when I come back to my home school, Craig and I will both be there. Right. So we will have kids wrapped around yeah. the corner. So these are the logistical things that you don't even think through like you don't it's not doesn't seem like a big thing until the reality of the situation is right in your face yep 
right? And so this is one of those things that, yeah, I'm still working on a solution for when I go back and we both have kids that are walking in the room. Yeah. And so I think another, yeah, part of this low is kids are not used to this social distance thing. Like I also am out, I do outside duty as kids are walking into the building to get their temperature checked. Right. While they are lined up, they crowd around. Oh, they yeah. crowd to get their temperature checked. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it, it, this is hard for them. And I understand because it's just, it's not. It's been hard for some adults too. Yeah, obviously. it's not natural for us to. <laughs> no. and, and they are, I will say the masks are going much better than I anticipated. Yeah. That actually has been good. And my own children, I'm like, how's it going? We're in your mask all day. And they've both said, I just forget that I'm wearing it. You know, mm-hmm. as long as it's a mask that fits well, I think, yeah, they don't even notice that it's yes. on. I honestly thought that I was going to have, you know, kids who would refuse. refuse or kids who would lose it or, I don't know, chew on. Oh, I, I have some kindergartners that are chewing on them. Oh, yeah. Or I have a couple who still pull down their mask when they want to, to tell speak? me something. Oh, I'm I know. Like, I love no, that. honey, I can hear you through your mask, <laughs> even though it is hard. I did have one girl in my first time, and she's a sweetie, but she has some... She, she flat out told me, I have ADHD. I'm like, awesome. So you're advocating for yourself. That's great. And she really does. And so at one point in class, she goes, I really need a mask break. Can I just go stand in the corner, pull down my mask real quick? I said, yeah, just face away from everybody. And mm-hmm. she did. And she was back in, like, not even two seconds. It was amazing. That's I'm great. like, I don't even think some adults can handle that much. Self-regulation. Yeah, I was like, bravo. I, like, gave her tons of kudos because okay. it was awesome. So, yeah, that, that kind of sums up my lows. I mean, I could go on and on about all of the changes yeah. and, and how, and and sometimes I get, I get in my own head and I get scared. Yeah. Um, but I am only con- in control of myself. Yeah. I'm using a lot of hand sanitizer and right. I am I am trying to socially distance um, and I'm trying to be aware of how much time I spend like if I have to be right next to a kiddo because I need to help with their Chromebook get right. on to Google Classroom or whatever and I'm like oh my gosh here I am right I'm next to this kid close. I'm like okay it's got to be like hey gotta I've got a tip a about that I'm going to share that later oh that's my work smart I'll save it for later. Okay. Well, yeah. so I've been talking about my general lows. Yeah. Carrie, you tell us yours. Well, and I we did talk about this a little bit with Aileen and Katie, so this will be a repeat. But, you know, I feel like I'm I'm fairly tech savvy, and I'm all about the using the Seesaw and the Google Classroom and all that. But, you know, best laid plans, you know, you plan on to – and I'm using – Google Classroom or Seesaw every single day with kids because, you know, it's it's my replacement for them using using whiteboards or even using pencils in a worksheet. I don't want them touching my pencils. So I'm just <laughs> I'm just planning it in. Plus I want them to get really good and quick at it mm-hmm. in case we quarantine and go remote at, exactly. at any time. The problem is, and it just happened the other day, you know, I got five kids who walk in and they don't have their Chromebooks because they forgot yeah. to charge them. Or, you know, whatever other scenario. And then at my traveling school, my second school, because of the way the schedule works, four out of my six classes that I see every day go to lunch or recess right before or right after music. Meaning Mm -hmm. they have to then take their Chromebooks with them wherever they go. So they provided all the kids with these little tote bags to put everything that they need in, but... 
the, the first and second grade teachers, understandably so, were not thrilled about them bringing their Chromebooks outside mm. <laughs> after music. So I'm not able to use the tech in some classes yet unless, and I might do this starting this week, like, okay, they have music and then they're going to be going outside. I'm going to take six minutes to walk them down the hall, have them drop off their Chromebooks, because if it's if it's worth it to me. It's worth but it. You should do it. it. I will. I will. But I think it'll be a case-by-case basis. It won't be like an automatic bring your Chromebooks every day. Right. So I've had to learn to then adjust to, and this is just a, a tip for all the time, too. Anything I'm having them do on Google Classroom or Seesaw, I'm printing out like maybe five hard copies, mm-hmm. five to ten hard copies. And that is such a good idea, and I'm yeah. going to copy that idea because I had the same thing. Like, oh, my Chromebook's dead. Oh, well, I guess you're just going to wander around and wreak havoc. Yeah, no, and then I just have the issue of, okay, well, those five kids, they used a pencil, and I'll just wipe down those pencils. But in their little bags, they actually bring their supplies, too, because that's what they yeah, also bring. Yeah, you can spare first, a pencil. So. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's not the big deal. The big deal is just having the papers ready to right. go. Right, and, and then the natural consequence is then when they do have their Chromebook, Right, and there's any kind of like extra free time they have to go back in, yeah, and fill in their answers. They have to do data entry. That's what you said you're gonna do. I'm not convinced. I haven't done it yet. Yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, they're genuinely. I like. I think of my own daughter. There was a day that she forgot to plug in her Chromebook, and Mm -hmm. she was freaking out. Well, I'm not. I'm not to be punitive. I know, but it's the reality of the situation. Yeah, I know. I'm on the fence about that one, to be honest, because I think it depends. If it's a kid who's doing it repeat times, then Mm -hmm. yeah, then their needs, they have to understand their responsibility. Okay, but what do you do in the Google Classroom if, like, Bob, I don't know, doesn't do, okay, Bob doesn't have his Chromebook charged or forgot the Chromebook or whatever. Right. And can't get on, and you give him a paper version yeah. of the assignment, and yeah. Bob does the paper version. Okay, now in your Google Classroom, it says Bob's missing this assignment. Yeah. Doesn't so what do you me. do? Do, you know what I did? I put a comment in there. I said, thanks for doing this assignment on a worksheet. Because it reminded me that, yes, they did, in fact, do it. But okay. it was not It was not something I graded. Okay. Um, if it was something I graded, I would just input the grade in Google Classroom, even though they hadn't done the assignment. And you, you can do that. Uh, yeah, but, but you don't But this wanna... happened to be ungraded, so it didn't matter. What if... What if the kid, instead of doing, like, the entry directly into a Google form or whatever it was, what if they took a picture and attached? They could totally do that. I just, I don't, I haven't given them back the worksheets and asked them to do it. But I bet they okay. could. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's a, that's a kinder option. Yes, totally. And you're giving them a skill. You need to somehow, yes, you need to somehow document that you did this. So yeah. here, yeah. And I think for older kids, as long as they they have familiarity with doing that, could do that easily and I think most kids by now know how to insert a picture into a google doc oh ask my husband well okay maybe not most okay I take that back so well it depends that that to me has been a low because I feel like like I said like I I'm so excited about using the tech I love using the tech Mm -hmm. but it doesn't work when all these things go wrong you know and kids can't bring the tech or don't bring the tech and then um, I just have to show this other low because it's just so, like, apropos to what this year is like. So at my traveling school, I found out that, like, right outside of my room, there is this really cool built-in, they call it the amphitheater. And it's, like, these big concrete steps that go down, and there's, like, this big open space for, mm-hmm. like, outdoor classroom. And I was so geeked out. I was like, I'm calling it. Like, that's mine. We're going to be out there all the time. 
Well, found out it's like totally infested with wasps. Like they, they've is. gone underneath into the concrete and they're everywhere. I and didn't the, know wasps like went into concrete. They areas. went into concrete. Yeah, underneath the concrete. So we have the most amazing custodian. She is awesome and. I talked to her early on about it, and she said, oh, I'm so sorry. Things have been so busy. Because on top of it, also, my second school, they were under construction all summer, and, like, they're still, like, moving things around and getting furniture in classrooms. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is very low on the to-do list. I was like, but if they, we can clear out the wasps, I would love to use that space. So she has been really sweet working with me. She's called, you know, maintenance there. She tried to do it herself. And then it was like wasps everywhere. I was like, Oh my gosh, don't hurt yourself. So anyways, I'm excited about the opportunity to use this outdoor space, (laughs) but I can't because it's full of wasps. Cause of course, cause it's 2020. Yeah. (laughs) It's all right. That's been a low, but it's been kind of funny at the same time. So, okay. All right, well, we're going to move forward now <laughs> and just kind of briefly talk about some next steps, what we're planning on doing in our next round of classes. Yeah. We don't have to go super detailed unless you want to, but um, do you want me to go first <laughs> since you went first on the lows? Okay, yeah, you okay. go first. So I, I've been very inspired because I've been talking to Tanya a lot about her Brazil unit, and I think it's really great, and she has shared a lot of her stuff with me so kindly, but I'm not going to go to Brazil yet. I've actually decided to, um, we're going to focus on Mexico, and specifically mariachi music. Awesome. And really run with um, Hispanic Heritage Month that we're in right now, and really use that as a jumping off point. So like you said, I'm going to be incorporating some things into all grades, but really going deep with it with fourth fifth and sixth graders because I do have my sixth graders at my my home school still so have some fun things planned with mariachi listening and then hoping to get them to do like a little ensemble with um la bamba I'm excited about it I think it's gonna be cool I hope it's gonna be cool we'll see how it goes um and then with my um second and third graders I'm gonna do a little mini unit with them on instruments of the orchestra I kind of plan, I very, very loosely plan out my year as far as like when I'm going to try to hit major concepts. I usually do instruments of the orchestra when we come back from Christmas break Mm because it's just like a really great, fun, like just getting back to school, but not too high pressure. Kids really like this unit. They like learning about instruments, but I've kind of front loaded this year all of the things that I teach that involve less singing (laughs) during this front of the year. So I thought, well, this is a good, not very much singing Activity. So we mm-hmm. are going to be doing some stuff about instruments of the orchestra. And then with my uh, youngest students, my kindergarten and first graders, we're going to be doing a lot of focus on vocal exploration yeah. and um, solo singing and just getting them singing in their head voices, getting them singing in small groups and in tune singing. Um, I plan on doing some stuff, a lot of stuff on Seesaw with them where they're like drawing lines and singing lines in lots of different ways. Yay. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm I'm headed next okay. with all my kiddos. Yeah. How about you? Okay. Um all right. I'm going to do something I've not done before, which is ukulele. Ah. And I really I need to train myself more to say ukulele. Oh, yeah. 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 Um and so uh, my my older kids classes cuz I would like to do this with, with 4th and 5th grade. Now, I have like 21 ukuleles, mm-hmm. ukuleles, and of uh, 
But I have fit, my fifth grade classes are 24 kids. Of course. Of course, because that's how it goes. So I was kind of scrambling and thinking, oh, because initially they were supposed to be 20 kids, but you know how it goes. Yeah. Um, so I was really just... If you ask, do any of your kids have them at home? Okay, so that's one thought I had. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised often at how many kids have. Yes. So I thought, I'll just ask if anybody has them at home. Yeah. But now, what I what I think I'm going to... Well, I'm very sure that I'm going to do is I'm going to break them in half. And I'm... Ukuleles? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to break them. Break the ukuleles. Just a bonfire. You get to strum and you get to show the chords. You get to sit next to each other and breathe. Oh, man. No. Sorry. Uh, when you said break them in half, I just thought I meant the really classes. Funny. Yeah, I know. I yeah. just had to say. <laughs> All right. So what I, I'm going to be working on is... So for my next unit of of places, yeah. right? Not a country, but we're going to go to Hawaii. Nice. Okay. So we, I'm going to create some Google Classroom lessons. And I plan to use Nearpod, even though I don't really know what I'm doing in Nearpod oh. yet. But I wanted to do like the, some, some music history, some connections, some lessons. And I will have like 12 kids doing the exploration of music of Hawaii while the other 12 I am doing ukulele with. yeah yeah um and this is this is twofold well I want to make sure I get in that music of Hawaii stuff and I'm a little nervous since I've never taught it before and I just the thought of tuning and overseeing 24 kids on ukulele is a little bit much yeah so I thought this is a good way for me myself as the teacher to really ease into playing this and teaching this instrument totally right I've, pl- I've taught guitar in the past but I've always done a guitar club where I have like eight students That's tops yeah. right yeah. so and and that was a lot and so I, I was just kind of nervous about that whole like oh my goodness 24 kids strumming all at once and like five of them are out of tune or you know, let's be realistic, 20 of them are out of tune. Right. Anyway, so I thought that this was a good way to make sure that I'm still doing a, a deeper dive into some specific cultural music, and then we're also getting our start, getting started on the ukulele. And um, your ukuleles are easily sprayable and cleanable? No, that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, I am nervous about spraying those. Yeah. So... Since I have like the twenty one, right? Um, I am gonna ask if kids have their own to bring them. Yeah, and I will help tune them, and and this is what I've done when spraying things doesn't work. Here is a pain, but it works. I sanitize. I touch the instrument. I sanitize again. Or kids sanitizes. Kids touch. Kid touches the thing. Like I used. Did my Hoberman spear yeah. earlier this week, and how I did that was kid sanitizes hands, kid uses a Hoberman spear, hands it back to me, kid sanitizes hands again. Yeah, right. So I think if if the student is using the thing yeah. for a shorter amount of time and they sanitize before and after, in my mind and like it seems like that is as good as sanitizing the thing. Right. Because if I don't have anyone else, if I don't have another grade level using that thing, yeah. then it can sit for 24 hours, right, and right. not be sprayed. 
and and we're good to go. What so which grade is doing open so release? I want to do it with fifth grade. Yeah. I want to do it fourth grade. Right. So I'm thinking if I have just two or three from each class who bring their own, then I can have okay, fourth fifth grade uses gotcha. ukuleles one through ten. Yes. And then we set them aside. Yeah. And then um, the other class uses 11 through 21. Gotcha. And then we set them aside. Okay. So that's the plan. Nice. Yeah. So now it is time for us to share something in a segment we are calling Know Better, Do Better, where we are reconsidering a practice or just something to or make song our, literature or yeah, something yes. to make our classrooms more inclusive and representative of all students. Exactly. All right, yes. Tanya, what do you have? Well, we have talked a lot about specific songs yeah. and um, you know why we are not including them any longer. Um, and then in this last segment that we just had, um, where I was for the first time, I think on this podcast, saying ukulele because really that's, that, the, correct that's the correct pronunciation and pronunciation pronunciation <laughs> pronounce pronounce the correct Those way to pronounce <laughs> the ukulele is ukulele and this kind of ties in with a beginning of the year practice that you probably do this and but we should all do this okay know your students names and how to spell them and how to say them yes and I wanted to give a shout out to Carissa Duncanson on Instagram because she did a lovely story um, a couple days ago. And I was looking and I don't see it in her highlights or anything, but she did a Flipgrid assignment where she has students um, elongate their names, like really talk about this is my name and this is how you say it. Yeah. And she um, used herself as an example of like, this is how you pronounce my name, mm-hmm. right? And what a great idea, especially at the beginning of the year, um, to make sure that you are speaking your students' names correctly. And yes. I've had this, I'm sure you've had this experience as well, Carrie, where you have a, a, a child and you're like, do you want to be Sam or Samuel, yeah. right? And they go, oh, I don't care, whatever. But you really need you that, want? you know, and maybe yeah. it's not when you are, singing a roll call to the entire class that might not be the time yeah to let to, for samuel to tell you exactly what he wants right so it's a great opportunity if you're going to be using any kind of technology like flipgrid or even if it's just like oh if, if you have seesaw and you have students like here is my name and here is how you say it and i want you to call me this yeah and it means a lot to a student of course it means not just a student anybody wants to hear their name spoken correctly i yeah. will tell you okay so we have an alexa which i don't know you I'm, just made like five people's alexas go off just sorry you said that <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that we have one of those voice activated things <laughs> a machine okay and she sp- says my name wrong oh don't you hate that i hate that even my siri says your name wrong tanya if she calls you tanya <laughs> I know. And she calls you like Tanya Lejeune. I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Close, yeah. So, I mean, this is like technology, and yeah. I'm like a grown, grown woman, <laughs> and that annoys me yeah. when it says like plane from Tanya's Spotify. And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> stop. So, I mean, I'm just trying to put it in context of like, okay, any human 
wants their name to be said correctly. Yes. And this is something that, uh, as someone who's taught in the same school for several years, kids change. Like, maybe they went by a nickname in oh, second yeah. grade and third grade, and now they're in fourth grade, and, like, Samuel, he you might have called him Sammy because that's what he wanted. Yeah. And now he wants to be Samuel, and maybe next year he wants to be Sam, and we have to be able to change that. Yep. And, and this is something that I have to write it down, you know, yes. in my grade book that, okay, this is how Samuel is being known as this year. Like, yeah. and that, please do that. Yes. And this, I'm saying this not to you listeners. I'm saying this to me because I get into that, that habit, like, oh, I've been teaching Sammy since yeah. kindergarten and, you know, and, and you need to have that conversation because maybe they do want you to call them Sammy and that's a special thing but maybe they really want you to you have to know totally yeah And now it's time for our work smarter not harder segment which is coming back now that we're in school all the yeah. time um Tell us how to work smarter, Carrie, because okay. I need to know. And safer. And, and safer. safer. Oh, gosh, so... we could do a new segment. We could do a work safer. <laughs> work safer, not getting sick. Um, okay, so in our Instagram, I did a little thing and on Facebook about different tools that I was using, and I mentioned this um, laptop clicker that I bought a long time ago that I use for when I do presentations. You know, mm-hmm. you've got it's got a little USB thing, and you stick it in your laptop, and then you just use it as a clicker to advance through your slides. So it works with Google Slides, it works with keynote and what's in one powerpoint all that stuff and it's great but then the other thing it's got is a little laser pointer Mm -hmm. so when you're standing in the back of the classroom you can point and those are allowed again right well i use it but here's what i realized oh my gosh it's so perfect for so you mentioned like having to like lean over and like help a kid like find things i stand back and i just laser point so like i had a kid who like didn't know where to click so i like pointed with my laser pointer on his screen like <laughs> click here now click here oh. and then he got into something he should have and I was like hit the escape key and he's like which one is that so I pointed on his keyboard oh with my, my laser pointer so I didn't have to touch or even point to his key and it's tiny it yeah so I so just you can I be real specific it. oh yeah 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 it's better it's than a like a giant boom whacker yeah like... no 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 it's a time so yeah I use it I use it all day every day I'm using it to point up to the board I'm using it to point to different areas <laughs> in my classroom like there's the sanitizer over there you know oh. remember to get your sanitizer and then I'm pointing to specific kids like keyboards worksheets and screens and if you have extra time that you need to fill you could turn off all the lights and make everyone vocal expo- exploration well, hey guess what we are going to use it for vocal exploration in kindergarten and first grade this week I've got it planned and when already. you're home you can drive your cat crazy yeah oh I know that's what one kid was like that's a cat toy and I was like that's not its intended use but yeah my cat goes I mean, literally bonkers. Like we had, we had a one for a while, and we had to get rid of it because it made them crazy. The cat or the pointer? The cat. We got no. We didn't get rid of the cat. <laughs> well, no. We got rid of the pointer because they were so they were hunting for it at night. Oh. It got really bad. Like we, like we had to. You take, traumatized your yeah, cat. Yeah, they were like totally addicted. It was like a little like. You had to withdraw. You had to take away. Oh, my. But, okay, so the pointer, not only is it great for, you know, advancing through slides, but the actual laser pointer is 
Amazing. I hadn't thought about that yeah, from a distance. I kind of did it like by accident once. I was like, I was about to point to a kid's, and I had my pointer in my hand, like, and I was like, here, here, and I like showed him, and he was like, oh, okay, and then he hit the right button. Nice. So, ta-da. Yay. And I'll link to one specifically that I like, but there's a bunch of them. Yeah. And they're on Amazon for like, I don't know, 12 bucks or something. They're so, so. much cheaper now. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Now it is our CODA section where we each give a personal or professional recommendation, something we have enjoyed lately. Okay. So, Tanya. Yeah. You go. Well, I was going to go, like, professional and talk about organization and Trello boards, but um, I'm not going to. I mean, I did just now, but I want to talk about something for the off hours, uh, as little and few as they are. Um, I have started reading a book called Such a Fun Age. It is fiction by Kylie Reed, and it's just a, it's a page turner. It's a really great book, um, and it deals with class and race and um, it has female primary characters, which I'm liking right now and it's just um it's it's a great book and it's I'm not gonna tell you any more about it because uh, if you've heard about it um it's it's just a it's it's not extremely heavy hmm. it's it's kind of lighter but um, even though it's about class and race even though it's about class and race okay yeah there's nothing okay I'm not real far into it okay I'm in like three chapters all right but um as far as I know there's not going to be anything like big, huge, keep you up at night. As a matter of fact, this is like my, when I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't get back to sleep, Oh, I read this book. Nice. Book. Yeah. Oh. So, such a fun age. Kylie Reed. Such a fun book. Nice. And you, Carrie. <laughs> Cute. Um, all right. I'm going to recommend a podcast, specifically an episode. So, we really enjoy... Katie Wardrobe's podcast, The Music Tech Teacher. And, and her YouTube videos. Yes. Yeah. She has so many amazing tips. I have learned so much from her about tech, and she has such a wonderful way of just breaking things down. Yes. In such a logical, linear way. I just really appreciate listening and watching all of her stuff. But I want to specifically mention, um, this is episode... Looks like it's episode 116. It was posted on September 8th, and it's a co-host or a co-interview with our our good friend Aileen Miracle. Yeah. And so, yeah, talk about two powerhouse, you know, tech teachers having a great conversation. But it was just really fun to listen to. I just really enjoyed it. There's some funny moments in it. Yeah, they have a chuckling about really fun conversation. Yeah, it was just really just a fun, relaxed conversation, but also full of some really great ideas because, um, especially if you are teaching remotely specifically that is what Aileen is doing right now um, and even though we didn't talk about it a lot in this episode I am teaching some remote classes so all that to say it was a really great episode and I think worth listening to yes. as of all all of Katie's wardrobes podcasts are all worth listening yes. to and even if you're up on all your tech and you're like I, I'm full up on tech I, I don't know I don't want to know anymore right now it's so entertaining oh yeah and, and I mean, uh, like I said I consider myself pretty darn techie and I always learn something new totally yeah yeah we've reached the double bar line thank you for listening to music teacher coffee talk 
Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes or wherever you hear your podcasts to help others find this podcast. In our next episode, we'll be sharing an entire episode of Work Smarter, Not Harder Teacher Tips to help you be more productive and efficient during this school year. So until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie wishing you happy musicking.